Retirement. That's a fuzzy place somewhere in the future for many people. Do we have to retire? How do we prepare for it? Will we really be free? And what does that mean exactly? I'm going to answer these questions and more as I travel the road. I'll cover different topics related to having the life you want. I don't pretend to have all the answers, so sometimes I'll have a guest who knows more than I do about a particular subject. I'm Jackie Doucette, and this is Beyond Retirement. Just sit back, relax, and let me lead you on a journey to freedom. Hi, welcome to episode 25 of Beyond Retirement. I'm Jackie Doucette, your host. And today I've dug up one of the first interviews that I did for my podcast when I first started. It's uh, not great quality, so you might have to listen a little bit closer than normal. This was a fellow who is a full-time nomad. I'm using it as an introduction to the next little mini-series that I'm doing, which is on a travel lifestyle. So I hope you enjoy it. And here we go. Today we're going to chat with John Rogers, a true nomad retiree. John and his wife Laurel have been homeless and traveling full-time since 2014. John, welcome to Beyond Retirement. Thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm glad you could make it here today. I've looked through your blog page, OurBigEscape.com, and you say on the About Us page that you decided to make this change to being nomads because you wanted to see as much of the world as you can in the time that you've got left. So what did you do with all the trappings of your life when you decided to uh, change your lifestyle this, this drastically? We sold everything we had except two large duffel bags and two large computer bags. Wow. And and that's uh, that's how you carry out your life now? The two large duffel bags carries everything? Actually, we've been leaving stuff all across the world as we went that we didn't need. When we left home, we took, we have an article called Everything But the Kitchen Sink, and we pretty well took it, and we found out we didn't need any of it, so we've been discarding things. We're down to two small carry-ons and two small computer bags. Wow, that's amazing. Um, did it take you very long to get prepared to uh, to start traveling as a lifetime or as a lifestyle? I mean, two or three months that we planned it. Yes, two or three months. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And what kind of things did you have to think about? Uh, the reason I'm asking that is what I'm looking at in my uh, in the podcast is getting people ready for retirement, the kind of things that they have to think about, uh, steps that they have to take, that sort of thing. So in order to be traveling full-time, obviously you've had to think about a lot of different things than someone who's just going to retire and stay home. There's a lot of things you have to learn after you start. Uh, Example, how you're going to talk to people. Of course, we use Skype to talk to family and friends, but you still need phone connections. And so you find out later, you we started with a $100 a month program from T-Mobile. That you, but you speak to anybody in the world pretty well, but we downsized that now to $10 a month to get a local SIM card. Wow. Most of these are things you have to learn after you start. Uh, how to get cheap airplane flights, uh, 
we would just buy an airplane flight the way most people do. We're going back to Greece September 4th. We started looking for flights. In August, they were $450. But I expanded it out to September, and we found $175 flights from Thailand back to Athens, Greece. Wow. It's like so a quarter of the price. you have to be flexible, and you have to learn as you go. Okay. So a big key there is staying flexible. As long as you can spread out the time a little bit, you don't have to be in a certain place at a certain date, then you're you're kind of golden, I guess. If you're not flexible, you'll be back home in 90 days. So <laughs> it's not like living in America. Right. So what uh, what country did you pick to go to first? The first place we went to was Barcelona, Spain, and we stayed there for three months. Wow. Is there a reason why you picked Barcelona? Not really. Uh, we'd always wanted to go there, so we just decided to start in Europe, and that, that was the first choice. It's only had to see the flights at that time. Probably because it was just <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do when you get there for accommodation? How do you find places to stay? We use Airbnb for most of our stuff. We tend to stay in a country at least one month because we can get from 30 to as much as 50% discount by using Airbnb for 30 days or more. Okay. Different, hosts, different hosts give different amounts, but uh, another thing you should do is if you see an Airbnb you like and it's a little bit out of your price range, email the owner and tell them. Say, I'll give you this. And a lot of times they take it because it's better than having it sitting in the aftermarket. Right. So That's a, because yeah. it says 900, that doesn't mean you have to pay it. That's good advice. And something that a lot of people wouldn't think of coming from North America. A lot of us don't think of bartering very often. Another thing is we just stayed in Budapest for three months over the winter last winter. And we could fly from Budapest to Scotland to Belgium to Spain to Portugal to Austria and back to Budapest for $121 total flights online. Wow. And you can stay in one location for two or three months and make trips out cheaper than you can travel and change locations. Really? That's interesting. So that's, you know, these are all things that we learned after we started. Right. So something that I've always wondered about, is it, uh, do you feel safe? Is it safe to just kind of travel randomly around the world? What do you have to take into consideration? Um, well, we watch news a lot. Uh, we were in Turkey. That was our second or third country we went to, and I heard the president say he was going to move trips into Syria. So I told we were going to leave in about two weeks, and I said, well, Laurel, I think it's time to go now. So we left, and three days later, they had the big airport bombing. So, wow. uh, so we were going to go to, uh, yeah, we were coming to Thailand about four years ago, and they had the big bombing here, so we just transferred and went to Bali and then came here later on. So we aware world news and kind of go accordingly, but we have never felt unsafe in any place we've been. That's good uh, to know. 
Laurel's not as keen on the Muslim countries, uh, but she just doesn't like them as well. It's not that we really feel unsafe. Uh, maybe in Egypt a little bit, but it was because the host there made us feel that way. Oh, really? Uh, let us go on the street at night unless they escorted us. When somebody left that place that we were staying, the hostel there, uh, they were catching a train at night. He took them to the train and got them on, and they were extremely good to us. And that was just a, a, a precaution that they were taking, just to make sure you were safe? Yes. Yes. That's and nice. All the guests, not just us. Yeah. I can say that our age makes travel easier for us because people look at us differently than they do a kid with a backpack. Yeah, I can understand that. They do. And uh, people in other countries, as you saw in one of my articles, they really love their family. And it's very rare not to see three or four generations living together, something you just don't see in America. No, that's right. Uh, and so they tend to look at us in the same way. Uh, one of the countries that we visited was Cambodia. And almost all of the people of our age were killed by their dictator. Oh. He wanted to wipe the place clean. He killed every doctor, every businessman. He wanted to go back to an agrarian society. And his thing was get rid of all the people that had any education. Uh, so there we were unique and people would come up and want to touch our skin. <laughs> they, <laughs> they never, they, they don't see people our age much there. That probably uh, made you feel a little bit uncomfortable, at least at the start. No, no, nope. actually, we, we've never had a problem with that. People all over the world, they want to take their picture with you. It's just something they do. But now we've, uh, we feel comfortable anywhere we are. Uh, and more so, I, I think I feel more safe in Mongolia than I would America. Really? Yeah. And you can pull up to anybody there and they'll feed you. They'll invite you into their home. They'll take care of you. They'll give you a place to stay. They usually have extra, what they call girls, they're round tents. And, it's just different than what you're used to, but you have to be flexible. <laughs> so you've been in a lot of different countries. You said uh, you, you're going to be hitting 100 this year, probably? We hope so. Uh, when we get back to Athens, we'll have four months to do it. Wow. And how many do you have left to get? 14, 7? Seven. Seven. Okay. So you've probably been asked this a lot. What what country's your favorite? Mongolia. Because of the, the friendly people or what 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 makes it your favorite? Of course we were all born long ago and we remember what life was back in the nineteen fifties. But Mongolia probably compares to America in the eighteen sixties. Uh Everybody lives in tents. They're nomadic. Uh, so it was a, it's different than any place. Uh, well, no, there are other countries like Kazakhstan that are still that way, but not as much. It was like a step back into the past. 
And you go to places, sometimes you go because they're less expensive, I imagine. Um, what do you do to, uh, to be able to keep affording the traveling all the time? Well, we had our social security from America, and uh, that's enough to travel up. There's no, you know, if you have social security from America, uh, we would struggle to live on our income in America. We would yeah. just exist if we were there. But here, we rarely dip into our own money. If we do, we'll come to a place like Chiang Mai for three months. Food costs $40 a week for two people here. Okay. Rent can be as low as $225 a month. So wow. you can build up your savings again real quick. Uh, we just came back from Laos together. We had to go get another three-month visa to stay in Thailand until September. And uh, it, it's just amazing how cheap some of these countries are. Even some in Europe are that way. Albania is that cheap. Georgia is that cheap. Is it hard to uh, to get the visas to stay in the various countries, or is it relatively easy to travel through them all? It's easy. Most of them, you don't have to have a visa. Most of them, you can stay for, and even here, you can come in for 30 days and extend it for 30 days. And But then if you want to stay longer, you have to travel out to Laos or Malaysia and get another tourist visa. But it's it's simple. You just walk in, fill out the paperwork, and give them some money. So, what uh, what kind of advice would you give someone if they thought that they wanted to start uh, traveling the way you are? They need to really think about it because it's a big change. Uh, we haven't been back home since 2014. We we've never gone back to America, so we don't. Uh, we haven't seen. How many? No, great-grandkids. We've had three great-grandkids born while we were out here that we've never seen. Uh, we see them on Skype. We talk to them like you and I are talking, but uh, you'd really have to consider whether you wanted to do what we do. It's uh, not like a taking a vacation. No. You know, it's a life that you have to change and really want. And not many people do. Most of my family, they don't really understand. I was going to ask that. I was going to, what your family thought of you guys being so far away all the time. Must be hard. Well, some of them are real supportive. And as I say, some of them don't quite get it. But uh, I put videos on and explain it. And, uh, you know, it, it, I think it has sunk in over time, but Laurel's father was in 90 years old before he passed away. We told him we were going to war Vietnam. Vietnam? What about the war? I said, the war's been over for 25 years. Really? People <laughs> don't even realize that. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, we told her sister, we're going to Egypt, but don't tell your dad. He'll have a heart attack. Uh, <laughs> So we tell him after we leave, and so it. But most of them, they they just don't seem to understand why we do it. And what do you tell them? Why why do why did you decide other than that you wanted to see as many countries as you could? When we started, we wanted to 
see places and things like the Great Wall of China. Everybody probably would like to see that, or the pyramids. And uh, to be truthful, the pyramids were a disappointment to us. Uh, Angkor Wat in Cambodia was a disappointment to us. They were just big piles of rock, especially Angkor Wat. But what we have found is that we really don't care so much about the landmarks now. It's more about people. Uh, we enjoy interacting with cultures and people more than we do actually seeing landmarks. Uh, the Mongolians, uh, we just came back from Laos and we took a, called a slow boat. It's a two day trip up the Mekong River from Laos back to Thailand. And uh, we were on one of the two boats that we were on. And both of them, there was a grandfather who was the owner of the boat, or at least the pilot. There was a son who was his relief driver. But the whole family was there. They lived, they exist, that's what they do. And even down to the grandson who's already learning that river and how to get around those rocks. And uh, it's just like a different, you know, it's, it's good to meet people. We met a gentleman that was in the Vietnam War. Bill wears his uniform on that boat. And getting to do that is more important than seeing the pyramids. Yeah, those are, uh, those are memories that uh, will go with you. Well, you can't get those any other way. No. And you you really don't understand the world until you do what we do. Um, I mean, the biggest eye-opening experience we had was when we went to Varanasi, India, and uh, saw the gaps and the cremation gaps and the way that life is so different in other places. And that's what that's what we like best. So you said Mongolia, you said was your favorite spot, right? Yes. Um, don't really, don't usually like to, to look at the worst, but what, what place do you like the least? I, I really don't have a place that I didn't, didn't like. like. Yeah. There's some that are more difficult. Uh, we spent a few months in Albania, and it's actually more backward, I think, than some of the countries here in Southeast Asia. Because they have no infrastructure, they have nothing to supply food, everything has to be brought in from Italy, and the selection is not always great, so that was not good. Uh, once again, back to the Muslim countries, you do have to yeah. adapt, especially to a country like Turkey. We were in Israel, uh, it's a totally different life there, and you just have to learn to, to do what they require to be in their country. Uh, one of the biggest pet peeves we have is we go to places like Thailand and everybody fusses about what they do. One of the big things is elephants. You shouldn't ride an elephant because his back wasn't made for it. That may be true, but for us it's not for us to dictate their lifestyle. Uh, that's what they've done. That's their country. That's how they live. And if you don't like it, you should leave. But you shouldn't try to tell others to change their culture to suit you. Right. And I think that's 
the way that's the kind of mentality you have to have wherever you go you're you're a visitor there if you don't like it move well that's true but uh when we first started it was a little easier than it is now our president <laughs> at home has not made this lifestyle easier for us uh i mean i have to say that president obama was loved across the world <laughs> Barack Obama is a great man, great man, and uh, Donald Trump hasn't made life easier in some countries, but uh, it hasn't affected us in that the people don't, they, they have no concept of politics in most countries except their own, and so um, it, it really hadn't hurt that much. That's good to hear, because there, there could have been a lot of problems. Well, the, there really hasn't been much. Uh, I mean, they, it hasn't changed what we do at all. There was one other question I wanted to ask, and I can't remember what it was. So I guess we're going to have to uh, go without that. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I guess that's it. Um, okay. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me. I uh, I wish you the best of luck. Oh, I know what the question was. Which... Uh, do you have an idea which of the uh, countries that remain to be seen are going to make up your seven to get to a hundred? Yes, uh, some of those are going to be the, the four that are going to be the easiest are Estonia, Lithuania, Belarus, and the fourth one that's in line up there because I, those are Shenzhen countries that are easy to. Just start right above uh, the Ukraine and go up, and hopefully see the northern line. Oh, nice. Great. Well, John, thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me. I think um, most of my listeners will be amazed at the kind of things that, that you can do and that are out there available to everyone. Yeah. I wish you the you. best of luck and enjoy the rest of your travels. Okay, come see us some days on the blog and say hello. I just might. <laughs> Okay, thank Thanks. you. Bye-bye. Well, that was an interesting chat with John Rogers and his wife, Laurel. They're currently living in Thailand, and they're true nomad retirees, as I mentioned at the start. They've been traveling the world since 2014 and don't intend to stop anytime soon. You can read about their escapades and see pictures of all the places they've been on their blog at OurBigEscape.com. And that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Beyond Retirement. I'm your host, Jackie Doucette. If you liked what you heard, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, review the show, and leave me a rating. It helps me move up in the ranks and reach more people. If you've got any questions or comments, drop by my website, www.beyondretirement.ca, and leave me a short message. Thanks again for listening, and we'll chat again next week.